Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 344 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Uh, a little, little late today, but uh, we're, we're getting it out. Oh, it was a late night, folks, let me tell you. Yeah, um, today's episode is kind of a follow-up. Um, the last episode I did last Wednesday was the uh, top 10 fighters in the 90s um, of the IHL. It was a list that, uh, that uh, had been sent to me, and it, it was it was cool. It was fun to go over and, and, and see some of the names and, and talk about the guys. And uh, <clears throat> and one of the people, I talk, uh, Joe Lazito, I had talked about, uh, you know, the episode in the list. And, uh, and I said, well, how about you come on? And uh, we'll do your, because I know Joe's a big IHL guy, and uh, I said, you do your list. And uh, so that's what we did. So uh, late last night, I give Joe full, well, okay, before I keep giving Joe full credit here, uh, after work, so about 10.30 New York time, which is an hour ahead of me, uh, he, we got on the phone, and uh, so it was going to be a late night. Uh, well, I find out, Joe tells me, Oh, I don't have to work tomorrow. So I could, I could sleep in and everything. I'm like, Oh, right on. We wrapped up recording at midnight Saskatoon time. So, and I had to work at 5 a.m. So, oh, the things I do for you people. Yes. Oh, and, and Joe hit me with a little something when we started recording. I'll let you find out. Well, when you listen, but, uh, yeah, classic Lazito. But I want to thank Joe for, in all seriousness, I want to thank Joe for coming on the show. I always have a good time with Joe on the show. And uh, uh, he did a great job and was, um, well, I mean, that's why I asked him to come on. Because I knew he'd, he'd take it serious and he'd research it. And he knows, and he's knowledgeable. He knows what he's talking about. So, um, yeah, it was fun. So, uh, late night, early morning, let me tell you, I was not, uh, I was not uh, digging life at uh, 5 a.m. today. But, uh got through it and uh well and then stupid me oh like as soon as i get home from work i'll record that because of course i couldn't record the intro last night because it was too late so i was like oh i'll record the intro and i'll upload it and i'll get it out at three o'clock this afternoon well it is i look at the clock of the computer as i'm doing this intro 11:03 p.m and i'm doing the intro uh, don't ask me what i did all night but uh it wasn't this but um well, no, apparently I can tell you I pissed off that nothing like pissing off Frank by Lois on a message board. That's always a good idea. I, I managed to do that to do to do that tonight, uh, not meaning to. Um, <clears throat> I will get into it on, on the Sunday episode on my week on the Internet. But it was it was a Tony. Somebody had posted a Tony Twist story talking about by Lois and blah, blah, blah. And of course, all the comments. And my my comment was towards the ridiculousness of twist story, but also oversensitive fight fans. But it kind of reading back, even John Morasti replied to me and he's like, well, 
Frank kind of didn't lose the fight either. And I didn't mean that he did. And I was just like, yeah, I worded that poorly. And uh, Frank even kind of commented, he didn't knock me, but yeah, you know, I'm here. I am in, I'm, I'm trying to get by, uh, I want to get by Lois on the show. And here I am on the enforcer appreciation group, knocking him. Um, and I, I'm not on purpose. I didn't mean it, but I worded that my, I worded my post poorly. So I deleted my initial post and I just, I kind of, I replied to Frank and said, uh, no, that was a shot at Twist Story and Ridiculous Fight fans. It was not a knock on you. My apologies. I worded it poorly. Um, you know, hopefully I don't, I don't need the animal chasing me down, but, uh, yeah, but nothing like insulting, you know, insulting a guy ahead of time and then asking him to come on the podcast. Uh, yeah, that's, that's always a good plan. Um, <clears throat> anyway, folks, uh, <clears throat> um, it's, uh, like I said, it's late here and, uh, my voice is already going and everything. Um, <clears throat> I'll just get, the, not this out of the way, but, uh, you know, as I said, I'm a member of the hockey podcast network, uh, hundred shows in the network. I'm on the original content creator side, along with Jill Lazito, who does the Coliseum Chronicles. I, I highly encourage you to, um, check out his back catalog and uh, also uh, Alec over at the five for fighting podcast. Uh, actually, Oh, talk about uh, wanting to sink your show. His last, his latest guest, me. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's what you want to hear more of me. Uh, that's what everybody wants to, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Alec and I actually, it was, it's, it was always fun going on his show, but uh, we talked about uh, hockey documentaries and movies and stuff. And, uh, but, uh, so I encourage you to check it out. And again, Alec has a, tr- a tremendous back catalog as well. And, uh, if you happen to be on the YouTubes, fourth line voice, I have over 2000 fights on my YouTube channel. Uh, please subscribe to the channel. If you happen to watch a video you like hit the thumbs up, but I know it sounds corny, but YouTube loves that shit. They love the engagement. So, but please, uh, subscribe to the channel, check it out. I got all the leagues on there. You'll find something you like, trust me. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm kind of making this really quick, um, you know, and then uh, as, I, as I kind of look up at the roof, I think the wife's trying to sleep upstairs too. I'm sure she's just thrilled um, listening to me through the vents. Um, why, why did I do the intro at 11 at night when I could have done it by like 3 o'clock this afternoon? Oh, yes, the things we do to ourselves. Um, I was busy pissing off by Lois. Um no, I have a bunch of stuff I'll talk about on Sunday, on the Sunday episode. Uh, we'll get back in the groove here. And, um, one, the one, uh, one thing that, um, I, I do want to talk about. Well, you know, yeah, well, I'll talk about a bunch of that stuff, uh, on Sunday. But, uh, what I wanted to bring up, um, a sad note that I wanted to, to, to mention, um, was the unfortunate, on the weekend, uh, the unfortunate passing of John Hewitt. And, uh, I want to send condolences out to his, uh, friends and family. I know a lot of the guys that listen, uh, were, uh, either played against him or teammates of John's. Um, I didn't know him personally. I have had, I did have some interaction with him. Um, uh, we were, you know, air quote friends on Facebook. Um, I had sent him a down, I had sent him a couple links to, uh, LNH DVDs that I had uploaded, um, that had his fights on it. And, uh, I sent him a few pictures and we just had a, we had a couple of DM conversations back and forth. Um, you know, um, I know, uh, uh, was it last year or the year before he, um, um, Alec again at the five for fighting podcast had him on as a guest. So if you want to go back and hear John, uh, tell his hockey story, um, 
it was a really solid interview and uh i highly recommend doing that and uh yeah unfortunately uh you know so um yeah much too young and and, and once again i i send my condolences and sympathies to his uh friends and family and uh rest in peace john hewitt all right folks um all right well uh we will uh let, let's get out of here like i said it's late and uh lizito and i talked for about uh geez about an hour and a half so uh yeah you're in for a ride here but yes it's uh joe's uh response to the 10 uh best ihl fighters of the 90s and um yeah uh download don't stream <laughs> but uh i hope you guys enjoy it and uh we'll hit you with uh with some some sponsor uh, messages here and then uh, we'll get on with Joe Lazito. Uh, thanks guys and uh, we'll talk to everybody on Sunday. And now here's a word from our sponsor. The NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this November. Yeah, guys, crazy season so far. Backups are now playing the backups and, uh, what, what a, what a wild season this, this year has been. Uh, get in on all the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THPN. New customers could score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.sot1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas City, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right, here on the fourth line voice, I have a returning guest, a special guest. Well, special indeed. And it's, uh, it's late though. It's late out on the island. And I, uh, I want to thank, I want to thank him right off the start for, uh, for staying up late, especially at his age. Joe, Joe Lazito on the show. Joe, how's it going tonight? I am, uh, I'm very happy to be back. Yes, it's very late. Uh, basically what you've done. Uh, right. If we weren't on the phone right now, I'd just be watching Seinfeld episodes that I've seen already. So, uh, so it's always a pleasure to chat with you, and uh, I could always catch the Seinfeld on the uh, on the Netflix there. So, all good. Happy to be here. Love our chats. Well, there we go. I, you know, I don't want to. Well, I brought it up a couple times in the show. Um, I don't know if this is a, maybe a redemption episode for you. <laughs> Because the last performance was, eh, I don't know if it was, I don't want to say you did it on purpose, you were trying to sink my show, or what, but, you know. No, uh, no I, I wish I could say that I planned to suck so bad, um, but no, that was, uh, that's me under pressure, I guess, you know, but the good thing is when you do the, uh, 
rapid fire questions now with other people, I, I do great in them when I'm at home without any pressure on me. I, I ace them all. Well, actually, everything was fine until I brought up the wh- who was the worst Islander enforcer of all time, and you just couldn't do it. The fan yeah. in you just wouldn't let you do it. Yeah. No, it's true. I, 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 and I think, to my credit, I think I did own it, and I own it still today, that uh, it's just hard, you know, to, to just kind of say something bad. And I'm, look at me, I'm backpedaling again. It doesn't even count. Um, yeah, it's just hard to do it when you when you get to know most of the guys and you know them on a personal level and stuff. And you know, for the most part, I, I like everyone that did the job on most teams, with, with the exception of a handful of guys. And obviously, the guys that played here, uh, I know most of them. You know, whether it's just a, an acquaintance or people that I speak to, so it's it, it's hard to to put someone down like that. But yeah, no, I I shit the bed on that 100. percent I own it absolutely. No, I no, I know exactly what you're saying. That's <laughs> and that's what I always kind of say with the rapid fire things. It's like you know, oh, who do you favor? Who do you hate? And like, you know what I mean. No one, yeah. I I don't hate anybody, but it's yeah. just for the sake of the exercise. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, I I certainly get where you're coming from. I'm just busting balls, but but yeah. today, of course, in my last episode, I had a list and I did, and it was the top ten fighters of the '90s of the IHL, and. Uh, not a bad list, not bad. Uh, there was some omissions, mm-hmm. but uh, at the same time, I think I said it to you in text that it's like I get where they were coming from with the guys they have on the list. So I really didn't have a problem with anyone on the list. I said, like I said, I think you could have probably done a top fifty list and you'd still miss guys from back then. But so you know, and there's no right or wrong answer to this. Really, we're just fucking idiots talking right so it's like you know as fans what have you but i know you i i was kind of like joe you got to come up with a list because for those that don't know back in the day the hockey magazine tough guy magazines the fish or bad boys books joe was responsible for a few lists in there and he took some slings and arrows over the years for those yeah so i said well i know who i'm going to call in to take some more slings and arrows with his own top 10 ihl (laughs) list and the phone call was made. Well, so I agree with you. The list is good. Um, obviously, some omissions. Uh, I think the good thing about a list like that, and I think the good thing about the list that I put together is, um, and what differs from this from this topic as from the Tough Guy magazines is that those guys are NHL players, and these guys, for the most part, are IHL or American League players. You know, minor league players and. Whether the Tough Guy magazines came out or not, those guys were going to get a certain amount of press and notoriety no matter what because they were in the show. And the good thing about the list that you had was it kind of brings up some names that maybe people haven't thought about in a long time. And what I did was, because I can't make anything easy, um, and I know you said you wanted a top 10. So what I came up with was a top 25, and... The reason why I have a top 25 is because, like you had just said, and, and folks, we we chatted for a bit before this, but I didn't tell this to Darren while we were talking. When you said you can come up with a top 50 and still leave guys out, when I was making the list, I actually had 43 people. I, like, I'm just making uh, notes on guys for a top 10. I ended up with 43 names, and... 
I mean, obviously I whittled it down to a top 25, so I could whittle it down to a top 10. But part of me was like, you know what, if I make it a, a top 25, and again, there's no right or wrong answers, let's say, but you bring up some names that maybe people haven't thought about in a while. And I think the purpose of your show and the purpose of my show and Alex's show is to kind of give credit to these guys. So if I, instead of doing a top 10, you do a top 25, well, it's 25 names that maybe people haven't heard about in a while. And maybe they'll go on your channel on YouTube and, and watch some of the fights because most of these guys made their bones in the minors. So, um, it just gives an opportunity for their names to be brought out to the forefront. So, uh, it's not a top 10, it's a top 25. <laughs> Lazito's turning this shit into a three-parter now. All right. Well, you know, are, are you, you're, you're overcompensating for your last performance, aren't you? That's why. I, I think just overcompensation is going to be the title of my next book. So uh, I don't think it has anything to do with my last performance, probably just my life. Well, we're all there. All right. Well, <laughs> shit, we're get, we're late now, so we may as well. Oh, I got Nate. Oh, look at Napes' text to me. Napes, you should be on here taking these slings and arrows too instead of hiding in <laughs> text messages. All right. But yeah. uh, he's like, how'd it go with Joe? I took a picture of the screenshot. I said, oh, we're still going. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he'd be on here with us. I know. Yeah. All right. You know, but to start with, for those that did, I don't know why you wouldn't listen, but if those who didn't listen to the last episode, the top 10 from before was, uh, we'll go 10 to one. was Kerry Clark, Andy Bezo, Stephen Fletcher, Darren Banks, Steve Jiggs, Engelstad, LaPuma, Wood, Rick Hayward, and number one was Barry Drager. So that was the top 10. And I, and again, when I do the list, for those that don't, if for the newer listeners here, I don't look ahead of time. I discover the list with the viewers or the listeners as I'm opening it up. So um, I, I was actually very pleasantly surprised that Drager was number one. And I didn't realize he had actually played that many games. Once I read that he had played like 500 and some games, I was like, okay, well, I can see why he's number one. He's a tough dude to begin with. That wasn't questioning why he was on the list but i was like number one that you know that's pretty strong all right ah oh, 500 and some games oh, okay well that explains it i'm like all right so i get it um anyway so it was the 90s and then of course in the 2000 2001 season was the final year of the ihl so they included that as well so uh so 11 years basically it was who the not who the fighters were so we're gonna have the i'm rambling here like i said it's a bunch of energy <laughs> drinks in and it's late so but now Joe's doing twenty five, so yeah. I'm. I'm oh, and I I'm, should I should say I didn't even dawn on me to include the last season, and I should have done that. But I basically stopped at ninety nine two thousand. So um, that's a, that's an error on my part. I basically started from um, 90, 1991 to ninety nine two thousand. I should have uh, I should have included the last season. I don't think it would have made much of a difference, um, but. I didn't, uh, I'll throw that out there. I didn't include the last season, so. All right. Yeah. Yep. Well, well like I said, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. I don't see, uh, I'm pretty sure the the bigger names from that last season, I, I would imagine, are in the, on this list anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, all right. Well, I guess let's, uh, the folks want to know. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we want to hear where Lazito's going. So let's, right. uh, let's go. Number 25. So number twenty five, I have uh, Dave Marcinishin, um, tough tough defenseman. There, uh, you know, he played 
four seasons. So what I did was I tried, I tried not to get anyone who didn't play at least three years. And there's only a couple of guys here that played three years. So um, I'll say right now, like Serge Robert, who I love, <laughs> Uh, because I I don't uh, I don't know where he played that final year anyway. But for the years that I did, he only played the two seasons. So yeah. uh, as much as I think Serge can pretty much whoop anybody, uh, he's not on this list because in the parameters I used, he only played the two seasons. So um, there's only a few guys here that only that played three. Marcinishin did play four years, but that one year, his first year, what, he only played one game. So it's four seasons, parts of four seasons, but it's basically three. Um, you know, I got him with 206 games. He got 477 penalty minutes. Now, we both know from doing research for our own shows that, like, the fight totals on these guys, they're hit or miss. And it really um, it depends on what they have on, like, drop the gloves and what's saved. So, like, I don't think this is right, but, like, they're having him with 14 fights in 206 games. I there's I don't think there's any chance that's right, especially with 477 pins. So Yeah, I would um, think so. There'd be more than that, I would think. Yeah. It doesn't sound right. So, uh, but I, but I figured, you know, I, I think um, you know, I had him on my old show and and he was a great interview and um, yeah. you know, I think uh, people will you know, remember him mostly from the American League. I think with with Utica and, and Binghamton, he played the one year. I think he was a lot younger. And I think uh, in the interview he did with me, like he mentioned that he basically had a broken back for uh, part of his time in the IHL. So uh, to do that job with a broken back is pretty tough. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get him in on this list. So he may have edged out a few guys just based on the fact that a, a guy that can play that role with a broken back is fine with me. Absolutely, yeah. Mars edition. I mean, even if it only was 14 fights, I guarantee those 14 fights had more punches thrown in them than guys with 40 fights. I can tell you that. So, Mars edition was awesome. Yeah. So, for those out there, if you're like, I don't know who that is, well, first of all, you're going to have to go to Google, do some spell check because there's no way you're spelling his last name right, right off the go. So, type it in, try to figure it out. But then, yeah, hit YouTube and type Dave Mars edition and sit back. Tremendous. Him and Mark LaBelle, there is one to look up. I'm not saying whose YouTube channel it's on, yep. but I know a guy. And uh, <laughs> it's on there. Tremendous. But I love it. Hot start, 25, Dave Marcinition. All right. 24? Uh, number 20, number 24, uh, former Islander Jason Simon. Um, I have him. By the way, I'm going to throw in um, their all-time ranking penalty minutes if they were in the top 100. So uh, Jason Simon basically had five years five years down there, uh, 218 games, 44, um, 44 points, 1,197 PIMS, and this could be accurate, 97, uh, 97 fights. Um, his 1,197 PIMS rank him 50th on the IHL all-time list, and he had one, you know, he had a couple of big big penalty mid-seasons, really three, um, two when he was part of the Islander organization, 93, 94, he had 323 penalty minutes, 30 fights. Uh, next year, Turner Cup winning year, he had 300 penalty minutes, 21 fights. But his year in Vegas in 96-97, he topped 400 minutes with, with 30 fights. And again, that's drop-the-gloves numbers, but it's not that they have him listed at 30 and he had 11. I mean, this is uh, he was very active during during those three seasons. And, of course, he got the four games up with the Islanders when Vakoda was suspended. So uh, uh, he's got a lot of penalty minutes no matter where he plays. And uh, so I got him in number 24 in the IHL. 
Yeah, for some reason, Simon's one of those guys that, I mean, he played forever, did it forever, you know, in all the different leagues. I don't know why. Maybe it's just for, for some reason for me, I, I, he flies under my radar for some reason. I don't know why. Um, yeah. I don't know why. Like you, I'm just thinking now, like I'm trying to think of like the minor league mayhem tournaments that I do. I don't even know if he's yeah. ever been in one. And I'm like, that, which is ridiculous. He should be. I don't, I've had to have had him in one. I don't know if I haven't, that's ridiculous. And I need to, but um, yeah, cause he's, he played everywhere. There's, there's a lot of times where he's, he may not be the number one guy. Like in Utica, he might, you know, do you say he's the top guy or Bill Hewitt? You know, um, when he was the one year with Denver, you know, I I would say McWilliam, Mike McWilliam was the number one guy. Maybe Simon was 1A. Um, Salt Lake, he was probably the number one guy. They had Tony Joseph there also as well. But um, a lot of times if he's, it's it's like a tag team. I don't think he's ever the clear cut number one guy. So maybe that has something to do with it. You know, like I said, in in Utica, you know, Heward was fighting everybody. Huscroft was fighting everybody. Simon was there too. Um, and then, like I said, in the IHL, with you know the season with Denver, if you got a choice, you're going to go with him or McWilliam. And they're both tough, but I think you got a better chance against Simon. So, not that that's an easy fight, but if we're just being honest here, if I got to go with one of them, I'd probably pick Simon. So maybe that's why. Maybe it's just that's it's true. just the way that yeah. you know the way that you think of it. I'd rather. I think I'd take my chances with Simon than rather have McWilliams' big lunchbox hand punch me in the face. That's true. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely did it for a while, and yep, I'm down. All right. 23? Uh, 23 is the 95th ranked penalty minute guy in the IHL, John Craighead. Uh Three seasons. I, I respect John Craighead. I do. Um, I respect him a lot. I, and it's funny, like when you talk about uh, guys that you weren't necessarily a fan of when they played, but you, you've grown to be a fan of them. I think Craighead was one of those guys I wasn't a huge fan of. I think uh, a lot of it has to do with the. I think he liked to showboat a bit. Oh, but, yeah. but on the flip side of that, it's, you know, he's playing in, the, in a big market in the IHL. You got to get noticed, you know, so. As I got older, I kind of understand it a bit more. But at the time, I'm, I've always been more of a reserved kind of guy, so I never really cared too much for the showboating. Uh, but I, I get it. I get it. And you can't deny that that he was, uh, you know, he was effective when he did it. Uh, big year, 95-96. He had 368 pims. Now, again, 17 fights seems low for that amount of penalties. Uh, but that's what's out there. So basically over three years, you got 169 games, 959 penalty minutes, and uh, dropped the gloves, has him at 45 fights. So uh, he had a good you know, good tag team there with Mark Major for a bit in Detroit, and then he played on that <coughs> Quebec Rafales team in 97-98 where they just had like a revolving door of fighters. And if you go on the, the DB and – Look at the guys they had that year. I think half the league played. Half the league of tough guys played on that team. So uh, he spent a poor, you know, thirteen <laughs> games there, seventy three fights, uh, seventy three penalty minutes. So uh, you know, you got to you got to acknowledge the guy. I, I don't have him as high. I think in the list you had, I think he was in the top ten. I don't have him that high, but twenty three is not so bad. No, he didn't make the list. He wasn't. <gasps> he wasn't in the ten. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Which so the, then, I, I commented though that surprised me because I thought he would have been. 
Um, okay. Actually, I echo everything you say. When I when I first, because I didn't know who he was, because yeah. he was a BC Junior A guy, so I didn't know him from there, obviously. And then he was an East Coast League guy again back in the early '90s, so that you're not seeing any footage. Right. And then all of a sudden, you get these Detroit Vi- or the IHL mixtapes in the mid '90s, and he's all over them. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, who's this guy? And he and he's winning his fights. It wasn't like he was a punching bag; like he was winning the fights. But like you said, pretty animated. And at the time, I was kind of, this guy's kind of a clown, you know, mm-hmm. but looking back on it, yeah, like you said, I understand now what he was trying to do, right? You're just, and it's, I'm not knocking John and saying this, I don't take it this way, but he's a nobody from the East Coast League that's fought his way up undrafted from the BC Junior A to the East Coast to now here's his big chance on the stage of the IHL. Okay, I get what he's doing, and it must have worked because... All of a sudden, he's with the Toronto Maple Leafs, yep. right? Like, yeah. so he made a name for himself, and and yeah, and I know he was a real a real workout guy, like a real in shape dude. So he took it seriously, and like I know he went to a bunch of Vancouver Canucks camps back in the day, and like won like best fitness of camp like every year that he went. I know he's a big workout guy, yeah. so it was like. Yeah, no, dude was legit, tough dude, and yeah, looking back on his stuff now, I have a, mm-hmm. I, I have a whole other, yeah, like you said, it's the whole the one eighty thing that I always talk about. Yeah, I did a one eighty on Craighead, and it's yeah. like, yeah, but yeah, for that little run there with the with Detroit, and then the year he had in St. John in the in the in the A, yeah, yeah. dude, uh, dude had a run, man. Yeah, he was solid. Yeah, yeah, I was just looking at that <laughs> Quebec team. Holy shit, like. <laughs> ridiculous yeah it's bananas it, yeah. It's, and then if you look like they made you know a bunch of trades and they, they would ship two guys out they'd get three guys back and um i don't know if a rafal's dvd exists from that year but if it does that would be something to see i don't know if uh uh robert put one out that year but that would be a pretty amazing dvd that would be yeah oh dennis maxwell and simon yeah. and uh, Craig Head, Dean Chenault, Craig Martin, Melamock, Darcy Simon, Rick Hayward, Sarah Robert, Darren Banks. Are you kidding? Jeez. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, that would, that, that would be a good one. Yeah. Back in the old VHS days, you'd have to put that one on like, uh, LP speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, that, that just went over about three quarters of the listeners' heads. They're like, what, what are these two talking about? But all right. I could have thrown out beta. That could have really blown some people's minds. But that's true. That's true. Well, beta. Uh, chances are nobody listening to this is a beta. I think this generation uh, beta is a completely different thing. And uh, you know, no betas are listening to this right now. So that's true. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I just caught that. Now I'm like, what is yeah. he talking about? <laughs> yeah. Now I know what you're saying. All right. Um, what are we at? Oh, you're throwing me off here. Twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty. We're at 22. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. I can't even read my own writing. That's a three. Okay, now 22. There we go. So when I was doing this, the cool thing was when names would pop up that I knew, you know, were tough. And then a guy like this, when I, I'm listing his seasons that he played there, and I'm like, wow, he played there a lot more than I, I realized. And it's Jeff Buchanan. Uh, you want to talk about, like, Salty Demon. Yeah. Uh, Buchanan played there, played in the IHL six years, uh, 449 games. The cool thing about a guy like Buchanan who played a lot, and a lot of these guys who got more ice time than they ever got in, if they made the NHL, 
is the amount of points. Like Buchanan from the blue line is putting up 160 points in 450 games. He had 1,392 PIMS, which is 36th all time in the uh, in the eye. And I, I know he played some in Hershey, so he played American League games too. Um, and I don't know the number of fights he had, but I mean, he had like penalty minute years with Atlanta, uh, 282, 253. Later on with Indianapolis, 277. Then he's in Orlando, 246. So. Uh, I know he spent some time in Kansas City in uh, 97, 98 with Dean. And um, I think Doty might have been on that team, too. I don't remember. But, um, you know, just, uh, you know, a pretty vicious guy back there. And, I, I, again, maybe someone that falls under the radar. He's the kind of guy that when we would get those tapes, you, he'd be on every tape three or four times. But unless you put it together, and not that anyone's out there making a Jeff Buchanan tape, although I think it would be pretty entertaining. You don't realize how much he fought, and he, and he obviously was an important part to all his teams because he's getting a ton of ice time. So, um, I was pretty happy when I started doing this list, and I'm, I'm looking at a guy like that because, again, I think the important part of this list, whether people agree with the rankings or not, and again, nobody has seen all the IHL fights anyway, um, is just the discussion about these guys. So maybe someone will pop, you know, Jeff Buchanan into the search engine and look him up a bit. No, absolutely, and of course, you know. Buchanan, I obviously got to see here as he played junior in Saskatoon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, big old defenseman and uh, a couple of his junior fights around my chat. <laughs> and, um, yeah, man, he was he was awesome with the blades. Like, yeah. you know, just look at his old 72 game, 54 points, 143 minutes. Then he had 24 points in that 22-game playoff run that they had at the, in 91-92. Yeah, Buchanan was uh, a yeah, big dude and, like you said, did a lot of fighting and, uh it's funny, I'm just kind of looking at his hockey DB now. I didn't realize he actually got NHL time. I didn't know he played for Colorado. That's yeah. Cool. That's cool. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, man, I'm down I'm down with Buchanan. Like you said, he was one of those guys that you played those old IHL tapes, and it was like he was always on there. He'd come pop up, and it's like, oh, yeah, there he is, you mm-hmm. know. And, uh, yeah, he was always around. Like you said, he's yep. never, never like a number one guy, but, I mean, he could cert- he, he'd be a good guy to run shotgun with you for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 21. 21 is John Craighead's tag team partner for one season, Mark Major. Uh, the Fu Manchu. I, it drives me nuts when people call the Fu Manchu a handlebar mustache. I don't know why. Like, stupid shit drives me crazy. Like, really important stuff doesn't annoy me as much as dumb shit. So, when I see people call the, uh, like, with Trevor Gillies with the Fu Manchu and, and uh, Ma- Major had the Fu Manchu, and people call it a handlebar, it's like, don't you know who Raleigh Fingers is, you know? But um, Major's a guy, again, he played five seasons in the IHL. He's a guy, a guy had 114 points in 323 ga- 320 games, 51 goals. Um, and in 320 games, he had 927 penalty minutes. I think he would probably be like, I don't know the exact number, but uh, based on who number 100 is in the penalty minutes, they're very close. So he's probably between 101 and 105 in the history of the league as far as penalty minutes go. And um, uh, he's listed as having 73 scraps in 320 games. So I didn't include playoffs or anything like that because I didn't include playoff uh, numbers in the stats. So just the fights. He had a 28-fight year. You know, he's, he's one of the guys that saw action in the beginning of the decade with Muskegon and then Muskegon moved to Cleveland. So um, he's more of a first half of the decade guy where second half of uh, the nineties, he spent mostly in the American league. And I think he got a few games with Detroit as uh, the Red Wings. So um, 
but he's more of a first half guy. So his footage probably even harder to come by than a lot of these other guys where they spent the, the second half of the decade uh, in the IHL. But, uh, you know, tough guy, and I, I felt he wanted a spot here in the top 25. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Big dude. Um, what are those just like – one of those like old vets, right? Like just yeah. a salty vet that was – he's going to put up double digits and goals. Like every year he had 13, 17, 10, 17, 13 – you know, 16, but like 200 minutes, 300 minutes. Like, yeah, just a real solid, just tough player. You know, high draft pick, round second round pick with Pittsburgh. And, yeah. you know, um, yeah. But, but, hey, there you go. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and claim to be a, a massive Mark Major fan or I could start quoting yeah. all of his fights or anything. But um, I... I, I don't know if he was the greatest fighter in the world. I mean, he would certainly do it, and he was active. I don't know, you know, I don't know if I'd put, be putting him in the top three in the league fight-wise or anything, but right. in, in terms of, like, longevity and, and everything else, absolutely he deserves a spot on the list. Yeah. All right, number 20. I believe this is another former uh, Saskatchewan Blade, uh, Saskatchewan Blade, of course, I kid, um, had to be the there. golden Brett Tremblay. I have him at number twenty. Love it. Uh, five seasons in the IHL, um, majority with uh, Vegas, and uh, split one season with Vegas and Utah, and then the final season with Utah. And I think uh, he spent time in Utah with Mick Vakoda. Yep. Uh, Rhett's got one hundred ninety-two games, twenty points, I, a pretty respectable seven hundred eighty-two penalty minutes in one hundred ninety-two games. And um, I don't have any fight totals for him. His, uh, his drop the gloves is not available on the Wayback Machine as far as I could find. So uh, mostly from memory here in the numbers. I mean, I remember watching him a bit. And obviously you, you saw him when he was a kid. So uh, I had to include the Golden Rhett here. Yeah, Rhett, big dude, man. He uh, could throw down. Um, yeah, enjoyed him in Saskatoon. He wasn't here for very long. And then he was off to kind of got shipped around. But uh, yeah, followed his... Followed his career there. Um, had some really good fights in Las Vegas. Actually, he, uh, um, I think it was, he gave it to Engelstad one night pretty good. Um, but yeah, big dude, tough guy, man. And, uh, yeah, I've, uh, folks, I, I, I've tried to get him on the podcast a few times. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> he shared some stories, but I don't think he'll come on. But, um, yeah, I was always a fan. And I, of course, I, you know, after being here in Saskatoon and, uh, you know, obviously followed his, tried to follow his career as much as I could, or as much as he could back then without the internet and everything else. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, big dude, the golden rat, man. Him and, uh, him and Brent Myers had a feud for the dick, for the ages and junior. But, um, yeah, Red Trombley, there you go. Love it. Joe, you're hit, you're, uh, I gotta say, you're, you're batting a thousand so far. Good names. Well, it's, yeah, like I said, I got to make up for that last appearance. But uh, number nineteen is a former guest of your show, one hundredth on the all-time penalty minute list in the IHL. Sean Penn. Yes. So we got Sean Penn with four seasons, two hundred forty-one games, nine hundred thirty-four penalty minutes, and if the uh, drop the gloves is correct, seventy-nine tilts in two hundred forty-one games, which is a pretty good average, and. Uh, Sean, if he got his jerseys from his IHL time, he's got a pretty good jersey collection with uh, Chicago, Long Beach, Fort Wayne, and Utah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
again, you know, Sean Penn's a guy who I think, and, you know, his East Coast League stuff too. I mean, he's a guy, you know, again, you just love these guys who started out in the East Coast League or, or a league similar to that, like Double A, and worked their way up. And, you know, if the IHL's the, the highest they get, then that's fine. But you get, you know, you're playing in nice cities and you're making decent money and you're flying everywhere. And, you know, I don't think most people ever watch a Sean Penn fight and uh, felt cheated. You know, always, uh, you know, going at it and everything. And, you know, liked him in Utah a bit. I think Fakoda was there that year with him too. So, uh, but yeah, I would urge everyone to go back and listen to the Fourth Line Voice episode with Sean Penn. There you go. Yeah, he was a great guest. Good dude. Uh, was fun to talk to. Yeah, again, one of those guys under the radar. I didn't know who he was. I mean, obviously I knew who he was before the interview, but... As <laughs> As a fight fan, it was like, yeah, because he was a college guy, yeah. right? And then, uh, yeah, and then he started playing in Toledo, and uh, I don't know who, but somebody, Sean Sean Penn was one of the few players, thankfully, that collected his own footage, and somebody got it from him, and that tape ended up making the rounds, and I got the Sean Penn DVD, and I remember that Chris Napes, I was just talking about. Was like, dude. He sent it to me. He's like, you got to watch this Sean Penn DVD. This guy is awesome, and mm-hmm. uh, he he was not kidding. Toe to toe wars, and uh, Penn put the hammer down on guys. And it was yeah. like, yeah, this guy is awesome. So anybody out there listening, if you are interested in the Sean Penn DVD, let me know. I will upload it, and I can send you the link, and you will not be disappointed. Um, yeah, he was awesome, and uh, some great battles in the I well, in the East Coast League. And in the IHL, underrated uh, or unheralded heavyweight, we'll put it put it that way. But yeah, Sean Penn was awesome. Good yep. call. Good call. Thank you. All right, number eighteen, and again, this is a guy along the lines of of Buchanan, where you've seen him fight a bunch of times, but I don't think he was ever the number one on any team he's on. But good for him. He played some uh, games in the show. Robin Bawa. Here you go. Uh, yep. Rob- Robin Bawa, nine seasons. He spent nine years in the decade of the 90s uh, in the IHL. Uh, and, and this is a guy, you know, another guy I'm talking about, like, got a chance to play. In 510 games, had 260 points. He's 16th in history in the league with 1,869 penalty minutes. In the decade of the 90s, he had 1,630. And um, there's a fight I know in the late in the late um, 90s, the assorted DVDs where him and Dreger have a fight and uh, they're going, they're talking in the penalty box or um, I all oh, know it was down by the, the runway, I guess in Orlando. I think the hallway is uh, sort of close and I don't know what, what Dreger did. And I think I even asked him when I had him on the show, like what happened? And I don't even think he remembered, but uh, Bawa wasn't happy and they basically told him, just tell me you want to fight and we'll fight and whatever. But um, it was pretty cool to see to see a guy like that, and you see the numbers that he put up. And I mean, he's obviously playing the guy in the IHL when he got regular games. He's getting between twenty one and twenty seven goals, and you know he's good for thirty to fifty points. Basically, it looks like, and he's doing the fighting, and he's a good number two guy. Uh, even beginning of the decade, ninety ninety one with Fort Wayne had almost four hundred penalty minutes. Finishes the decade with Fort Wayne, one hundred ninety four penalty minutes. In between, he's Again, he's another guy with a great jersey collection if he has him. Fort Wayne, Milwaukee, uh, Kansas City, San Diego, Kalamazoo. He played uh, the short-lived San Francisco Spiders uh, with, I think, Link and David Maley. Uh, they were on that team. So uh, 
probably a legend in Fort Wayne, maybe not to the degree of a Steve Fletcher, but uh, did spend a lot of time in Fort Wayne in the decade. So, again, it's just kind of cool to bring up a guy like this that maybe a lot of people don't know about or maybe don't remember and maybe they'll uh, you know jog people's memories here or get them a little interested to find out why I put him on the list. Yeah, I know. Bawa was awesome. And like you said, the numbers, he put 23 goals and 21-27. Um, he did get some NHL time, 61 games in total. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like you said, tough dude, big guy. Um, yeah, again, one of those guys that just under the radar and you don't hear many people talking about Robin Bawa, but uh, they should be. That actually, with those numbers and everything, that actually really surprises me that he wasn't on that top 10 list. I mean, just yeah. like you said, the guy played the entire 90s, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I... Was he going to kill you in a fight? Probably not, but I mean, he would fight you for sure. And, uh, yeah, yeah uh, you got me. I remember that Dragger thing now that you're talking about. Yeah. There's a black curtain and he pulls the curtain back and they're yelling yeah. at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm down with Bawa. There you go. Number, uh, yeah, 18, Bawa. Good call. Thank you. Well, if I'm going to ruffle any feathers, this may be the one that ruffles the feathers. I think I may get some people that say I have them too low on the list. Uh, but my number 17 is Kerry Toporowski. And I know Topper is very popular with uh, the fight fans and everything. And I- I'm not taking anything away from Kerry Toporowski by putting him at 17. Uh, my thing with Topper, uh, I think I-, I would compare him to Greg Smith, where I don't, I think Topper, very tough. I think they're both very tough. And I think they're both good fighters. I think the thing with Topper, the thing with Greg Smith, is you don't know if they're going to fight you or they're going to you know, rearrange your teeth with their stick. And if we're doing this just on fights and, and well, fighting ability, let's say, um, this is where I would, slot, I would slot Topper. Now, if it's presence, if we were making a list of presence, he'd probably be number one because you always had to know where he was at all times when he's on the ice. But for this exercise... Uh, I put him here at 17. So they may ruffle feathers, and I hope nobody takes it as a slight because, I, you know, if I had to whittle down the thousands of players who played in the 90s in the IHL and I have a guy at 17, it, it's not meant to be a slight. I just think he was more of a presence than someone who was, you know, going to break your face, let's say. That's just my opinion. I, I like him, but um, he was definitely more of a guy like, oh, shit, Topper's out here, let's – you know, mind our P's and Q's because he might cross check me in the mouth or maybe punch my lights out and then grab my chain or something, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I like, I like him. So I don't, I feel like I'm explaining myself, but I don't want it to be that way. I think 17 is still a pretty good rank. Um, I love his numbers, 168 games, 1049 penalty minutes. Um, and again, see, here's the thing. This can't be right. They have him at 49 fights in 168 games. It could, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that could be right, especially a season where he has 300 minutes with Vegas. He had to have more than eight fights, you know, right. like it's yeah. Um But again, like I said, I like Topper. The guy could play for me any day of the week. Um, but I put Topper more in that category like a Greg Smith where he's a presence and you don't know exactly what they're going to do. I agree. Yeah. I like in terms of actual fighting ability, um, yeah, I mean, left-handed, big guy. Um, I think what hurt him was getting hurt with that Fletcher thing. 
when he got yeah. his, when he got his arm ripped out. I think that hurt his yep. punching power, and he was never the same after that. And I mm-hmm. think he, I, I think he's even sort of mentioned that too. And it was like yeah. he kind of uh, had to adapt. And I think he, I think at that point he just kind of became crazier. Yeah, and it was just like all oh, sucker people or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, I mean he was a well, fuck, he was a menace is what he yeah. was. And it was like, and certainly effective just from the fear factor. I like, I think more, yeah, it was the un, unpredictability of what, you know, what he might do more so than, okay, if we actually drop the gloves and square off and fight, it's like, yeah, you know, I'll take my chances. But at the same time, you got one eye out, you know, out of the corner of your eye, you're watching him. Cause he'll, he did not give a shit, you know? Right. And, and as uh former guest, Steve Adams, is told on my story, told on my show when he was trying just to talk to Toporowski and say what a big fan he was, and yeah. Topper just goes, "Oh yeah," and jammed his stick blade into his mouth behind the play when no one was watching and yanked it all out and cut his tongue all up and everything else and no suspension or anything or no. you know and it was just like what the fuck was that right like just out of the blue you know so and yeah he he was prone to do shit like that like you said. Vegas, 37 games, 300 minutes. It's like, and then five playoff games, 69 minutes, you know, and just right. starting blind brawls and shit. And yeah, yeah, old Topper, he was, uh, Topper's crazy, man. I'm down. But no, I actually, I agree with you. I would, if I was doing a list like this, I, this is where I would have them around here. I wouldn't, for sure. Like, I, I, I think you can move them up and down however much however you want you know but i think as we get closer to the top 10 and definitely in the top 10 i couldn't justify putting them that in that range but you know some listen the guy's an icon i mean you know for for his unpredictability and and stuff that he's done he's definitely a a name that most people know um but again i'm comfortable putting him at 17 yeah and now he's making the forbes list for financial advisors there you go yeah Good for him. Yeah, Good man. for him. True story. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he, he's actually quite the name in the financial uh, market, uh, and he lives in Quad City, working out of Quad Cities and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Good for him. There you go. Hopefully, I, I'm Jay- sure in one of them fucking line brawls in Las Vegas, nobody's expecting to get financial advice from this guy <laughs> ten years later. Yeah, exactly. And, and hopefully, Jay's not mad at me. So I think Jay's a big. Uh, Top Borowski fan. I hope hopefully he's not bitter at me drinking his fruity beer. But uh, oh hopefully. yeah, he'll be a bunch of fig leaf ales, and he won't be paying yeah. attention. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number sixteen. I got Kevin McDonald at number sixteen. Who a lot of people may not know. I don't know for a guy that spent the majority of his career in the IHL. Um, spanned from nineteen ninety eight through ninety six ninety seven. He played seven seasons. 456 games, 71 points, 2,008 penalty minutes. Um, his IHL total of 23.83 is fourth all time. And uh, uh, Drop the Gloves has him at 107 fights, which well, maybe it could be right. It's about one fight every four games, so that could be somewhat accurate. But um, McDonald, I think, is a guy that might even go under the radar for minor league fans because – Again, a lot of his stuff happened early in the decade. The footage isn't there. You know, played, uh, started the decade in Phoenix, had uh, back-to-back 300 penalty minute seasons. Fort Wayne, it seems like all these guys go through Fort Wayne for at least a season or two. 
Um, he went from Phoenix to Fort Wayne, and then I think maybe caught the attention of some people once the once the lockout hit and these games started. The IHO games in like the mid '90s started being on TV. He seemed to be you know, playing with Chicago. Uh, they were on TV a lot, so I think he may have caught the attention of some people. He had 390 minutes in 94, 95, so um, definitely someone that uh, I was going to have in the top 20. He might, you know, probably, well, I'm going to say probably wouldn't have made my top 10. He didn't. I have him at 16, but um, he's one of the guys, like I said, when, when I, the cool thing about doing a list like this is to kind of bring some names to the forefront. Uh, he's definitely someone I had in mind, like a, a Buchanan, definitely to get his name out there and people, if they're curious to go look him up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, completely flies under the radar. Uh, OHL guy. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I cannot add anything to that because, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those guys. I mean, I know I've seen the footage cause I have the Chicago wolf stuff, so I know I've seen him. Um, yeah. But it's just one of those things. It just blends in, right? And I and I and I know I'm confused. I'm mixing him up with Jason McDonald. That's my problem. And, mm-hmm. I, and I keep thinking Wilkesbury, but that's Jason. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing. I'm getting the two of them mixed up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that, a ton of penalty minutes though. Oof. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, we venture into the top fifteen now, and I think I think this guy. He's pretty underrated. I think fight fans know how tough he is. It sounds like I'm going to say Paul Laws, right? But uh, fight fans know how tough he is. But I think yeah, he's pretty tough, and I don't know if he gets enough credit, and that's Chris LaPuma. Um, Chris LaPuma, number 15, 27th all-time in IHL penalty minutes. Uh, career IHL penalty minutes, 16, 17, 90s. IHL penalty minutes, 14, 33. Um, definitely made his bones with Atlanta when he was, um, you know, the, when he was with Tampa, uh, spent four seasons in Atlanta, uh, I mean, 92, 93, 379 penalty minutes, followed up with 254, um, later on spent some time again, all these guys seem to spend some time in Orlando too. Once Orlando came in the league, I'm sure that was a destination for some of these, for most of these guys. Um, and then finished up with, uh, with Chicago again, a lot of TV games there, but, uh, you know, there's. I think there's enough footage out there of Chris Lapuma where I, I'm kind of confused why he might fly under the radar. Especially there's some NHL stuff out there too. But uh, I always like Chris Lapuma, and uh, I think out of, I think there are more underrated guys on this list. But I don't know if there's a un, more underrated guy on this list where there's enough footage of him out there. If that makes sense, it does. I know what you're saying. Yeah, and I kind of said that when. Uh... Well, he was on the other list there too, but um, yeah, I was a big Lapuma fan. Um, some great fights with Engelstad and them. Um, I know him and Mel had a bit of a rivalry. They had an off ice incident too. I think, like I said, Mel chased him into the dressing room or something. Yeah. There's something with a gun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't know what's going on there. I have to ask Mel about that. But I, I've yeah. always heard Lapuma's a little different, little different yeah. cat. Uh, but I know he's a roadie in the off season and stuff and. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, but yeah, man, tough dude, did it a long time, and, uh, you know, a couple Turner Cups, and uh, I'm I'm down with Chris LaPuma, he's cool as shit, yeah. Number 14 is the all-time IHL penalty minute leader, Kevin Evans. Kevin Evans accumulated 3,083 penalty minutes during his uh, IHL tenure, uh, only 1,262 in uh, in the '90s, of course, he was uh, he was more not more prominent, but I think he uh, made his name for himself in the the mid to late '80s there in the IHL. And 
Um, Evans, again, I, I kind of put Evans more in the Toporowski category, too, where um, I, I don't think, obviously, he's not a bad fighter, but I think Evans was another guy, like almost a precursor to Toporowski, where he was just a psycho out there, and you had no idea what he was going to do. And I think with Evans, you had the added, <laughs> I guess, element of danger where Topper is a big dude, and Evans isn't. So I guess Evans was always playing from like that, not the small man complex, but he's out there trying to show you, I don't give a fuck how big you are. I'm going to do whatever it is to chop you down. And, um, you know, what was it? Was Kalamazoo? He had 648 or something like that. Penalty pro, minutes. I have that yeah, in front of me. Pro hockey record. Yeah. yeah. He's 73 games, 648 minutes of penalties, but he also yeah. had 19 goals and 50 points. So yeah. Evans is yeah. a good player. Like he had 30 goals. He had 346. He had 30 goals, 22 goals. I mean, 648. Then the next year, he follows it up with us with a paltry 404. You know, yeah. like, uh, hey. yeah, he, he was kind of like Bezo. He reminded me of Andy Bezo, mm-hmm. um, that undersized kind of just buzzsaw, but obviously more skilled than Bezo was. Like, I mean, he was a solid yeah. player, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, ton of penalty minutes, man. Holy. And, and I mean, that's the thing. I mean, in, in the 90s, where I'm, I'm at now, it's only 1,262. He still has 1,800 penalty minutes in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if this was an 80s list, he's probably even higher than 14. I mean, I, at that point in the 80s, uh, you know, again, based on lack of footage, who knows, but he, I would imagine he'd have to be in the top 10. I would say so, yeah. 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 There we go. 13. Lucky. Are you tired? <laughs> hey, you no. Doing? Well, you're the one. Man, you're the time difference here. Holy. Yeah. One o'clock there. No, 12. Or 12. Or it's an hour? Oh, yeah, it's an hour. It yeah. was, too. We have the daylight savings time or whatever it is that we uh, we uh, fell behind an hour a couple of weeks ago. So That's it's right. only 12. Uh, number 13. Speaking of Salty Demon, and I believe he was on the, the top 10 list that you read was Steve Jakes. Yep. So uh, I got Jakes at 13, 41st all time in uh, IHL penalty minutes with the 1,341, which is what he accumulated in the 90s. Um, well-traveled, Phoenix Roadrunners, Las Vegas Thunder. He was he played a handful of games uh, the year the Islanders had Salt Lake City. He wasn't Islander property, but he was there for a couple of games. Um, really, I think, establishes IHL, uh, I don't want to say credibility because he was already credible before he got there, but had a really good run in Houston in the mid-90s, and they had some pretty good teams there. Um, so he was there in Houston for three seasons, and then he finished up uh, with Kansas City. And, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, his fight totals aren't there, but I always knew how tough he was, and then when I um, when I was doing research for the interview that I had with him, and I got to watch a good amount of videos on him, um, I knew how tough he was. But I think he's a guy that, I, unless you watch his fights and you go and look for his fights, I don't think you realize how really how good he was. And and for folks that are familiar with that old uh, Tri City Seattle uh, brawl with uh, Tri City and the Seattle fans, he was a part of that. He was right in the middle of that. So. Um, I would encourage people to check out some Steve Jakes fights. And uh, aside from his IHL stuff, I know he spent some time in the American League uh, with Providence is the one that jumps out immediately. So I know he was with Providence for a bit too. But, uh, you know, definitely a guy that, you know, uh, 
when you look at his numbers and you look at his body of work, I'm surprised he never really got a shot to to play any NHL games. Um, you know, maybe it wasn't meant to be, but but I like Jake's good guy and everything, and uh, he's number thirteen for me. Yeah, I know he's mean, man. He's yeah, just one of them old time blue liners, man. He didn't take any shit, and yeah. and like I said in the thing, um, one of the best YouTube channels. If you go, oh to yeah, a, yeah, yes, Hap H A P one eighty Hap one eighty, and he's uploaded lots of his fights. He's uploaded mm-hmm. full IHL games, full WHL games from like the late eighties and shit. Like he's got awesome stuff on that channel, crystal clear stuff, like great yeah. footage. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I encourage anybody to check out his YouTube channel. And uh yeah. Yeah, he was a bad dude, man. I dig it. Yeah, and, he's and, done, and he was a good interview on your show. Yeah, thank you. He's done well for himself after after the game with you know, a lot of these guys that, that play the physical role, it's always hit or miss with what happens afterwards. But um, you know, he's done pretty well for himself after, so that's it, good to see too. And yeah, you're right about the YouTube channel because I think that's where I saw a lot of the fights yeah. on the internet. I got right off his YouTube channel. So, all right, number twelve, the Rammer Bruce Ramsey. We got him at number twelve. Uh, Mel's uh, old tag team partner from the Colonial League. Five seasons. I, I say five seasons, but his first season with Milwaukee was three games. His last season with Michigan was three games. So the 181 games minus six of those was pretty much crammed into three years. All the numbers are pretty much crammed into three years. He's got 793 penalty minutes. Only 12 of those were not in the three years with Grand Rapids. And um, 88 fights in 181 games. So, uh, I mean, I think he's, uh, if he did a poll, if he's not the most popular player in the history of the Grand Rapids Griffins, I honestly don't know who it could be because uh, this guy went to battle for them every night. And Grand Rapids always had some tough teams. You know, they always had good players, you know, good tough players. Darcy Simon, Dean Trebojevic was there. Ruck D was there for a bit. But uh, I think I think that Ramsey, you know, 306 pims, 310 pims, then a 47-game season with 165 penalty minutes, still managed 20 fights. Uh, he's got to be the icon in the, in Grand Rapids as far as enforcers go. Yeah, it was it was surprising. I I don't know why I was looking up his thing the other day. I for some reason he I always assume I don't know why I did, but I just assumed he played longer in the IHL than he did. He seemed to be there longer. I don't know why, but um, but yeah, uh, thankfully uh, there was a cat out there that did the Grand Rapids tapes, so we got to see all of that footage. Um, you know, yeah, him and Mel there playing in Thunder. I guess he played in Thunder Bay so long. Maybe that's I'm just getting Thunder Bay and the IHL and everything. All all the fights all mixed in together. But because um, he did it everywhere at every level, fought everybody and wide open and took a few and gave a few and um, yeah, he uh, I'm down with the Rammer. He was awesome, man. And uh, and you know, coaching now and um, actually just had a little. But he had an accident this summer. He cut off a couple toes mowing his lawn. So, oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Right. So, but apparently he can still skate and everything. He said so. Uh, he's back at her. But yeah, that was oh, I just said that to made the back of my knees wobble. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, but man, tough dude. And uh, yeah, I'm down with the rammer. All right. So eleven and ten are the two guys who only played three seasons now again like bruce ramsey played parts of five really it was just three 
Uh, these guys played three seasons in the IHL. Um, number 11, he wasn't Stone Cold yet. I believe Stone Cold happened in Philly, but I got Steve McLaren at number 11. Uh, nice three-year run with Indianapolis, 177 games, uh, 18, pe- uh, 18 penalty minutes, 18 points, 687 PIMS, uh, 54 fights in 177 games, and um, like to play on the edge. I I, uh, I was fortunate enough to see the majority of his career in Philadelphia. So watching him uh, play in Philadelphia, you know, before that I had the tapes like everyone else, and I always kind of liked the guy. Uh, met him in Philly, you know, pretty pretty um, laid back guy. Not uh, sort of like the opposite. They went from Biolois, who's like a rock star, to McLaren, who's a lot more reserved, but they're both pretty lethal in their own way and i always said that mclaren was the perfect uh, replacement for frankie in philadelphia but before that made his bones in indy and you know it i I say this about guys that played for teams like indianapolis that teams that had their primary affiliate in the ihl where mclaren and and guys like that uh you know you guys like la puma um with tampa they're playing against teams with veteran guys. Most of the teams have their prospects and their young guys in the American League. So guys like McLaren, guys like Lapuma, you know, Brant Myers when he was with Atlanta, they're fighting guys who've already done this. You know, they're fighting these veteran guys who are probably in the second half of their career because they did this already in the American League. Now they're they're in the IHL for whatever reason, making more money, playing in better cities, tired of the buses. So I always felt like a guy like McLaren and and the guys, you know, the Tampa guys, uh, you know, or any of the Chicago players, you know, that were in Indianapolis, I always felt like they were kind of behind the eight ball because they had to convince these older players to give them a shot. And, you know, I thought, you know, McLaren, you know, his three years in Indy, you know, did that masterfully. And, you know, I'm biased. I love Steve. So, uh, so yeah, but I couldn't put him any higher than this because of the only the three seasons. And you'll see like, when we get into the top 10, there are plenty of guys that had more seasons, but uh, these were Steve's first three years pro, and um, yeah, he's going to be on my list for sure. Yeah, McLaren is a bad dude, man. I, I'm a big fan of Stone Cold, and uh, yeah, I know when I had mentioned that I was doing the IHL episode there last week, uh, well, speaking of Ramsey, Ramsey said that was his toughest opponent was McLaren, and yeah. um, and uh, you know, which then, you know, for Bruce Ramsey to say that, that's saying something. And, um, yeah, tough dude. Um, I always remember that, uh, was it Darcy Simon that he sucker punched after that fight? Oh, that was vicious. Yeah. He, uh, McLaren was a bad dude, man. And when he got wound up and was pissy, and I know like Mike Segroia said, McLaren is the toughest guy he ever fought. And yeah, they, um, I think Scott Parker said the same thing. Like, I mean, it hit him so hard and he just kept coming like he was the Terminator. And it's like, yeah. you know, yeah, McLaren was awesome. He's, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, like you said, did most of his work in the AHL. I mean, that's where he kind of grew up too, right? I mean, yeah. got into his prime in the AHL and everything. He was just kind of, you know, starting out in the eye. But, uh, yeah, he was, uh, I'm down with McLaren. Yeah. Yeah, and 50% of the most highly debated fight probably in the history of fight message boards. Yes, that Parker McLaren fight will never die. That, that, yeah, that, uh, oh man, how many pages on the message boards did that thing go? I remember that was a hotly contested, uh, argument for weeks 
The Parker McLaren fight. Yep. Yeah, posters were at each other's throats. Like it was yeah. pretty fun. It would get vicious too. Like uh, you know, like I, it would. I would read the stuff and I'd be like, "Boy, you guys are fighting with each other like you're their dads." Like it was just crazy. Like. And I, I've never been one. I was never one to really engage. Like that was the one thing, you know. Like you and I both know, you know, Parker's billet, Kevin, and he loved he loved fighting with people. Oh yeah. And I always said to him, like, I can't do it. Like I just don't. It's not my way. Like to internet fight with people, and he just loved doing it. And I would watch these people argue over that fight, and I'd be like, Jesus, it's. I'm just, I'm glad it happened. Like that we actually have it. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened when it happened, and it was on TV. Um, that we got to see it and, but boy, oh boy, but that was, uh, those are fun times, but I never got into the, even when people were shitting on me for the tough guys magazines, I pretty much would always end it with, well, you could find their number and call them and tell them that I suck and that you want to do my job. But I never really got into the online battles, but yeah, that Parker McLaren thing was, uh, hotly contested. For oh, those of you, to this day, if you bring it up, it still is. Um, yeah, well, and I yeah. think Kevin, I, Kevin had so much heat on those boards. I think that's why Parker's hated by so many people. And it yeah. was, you know, and I'm, I'm like, why? That has nothing to do with him, you know, <laughs> and, but it's like, and to this day, it's still there with some of these guys. Yeah. And it's like, it's just like, it's held against them. I'm like, who gives a shit? But, Oh yeah, but as well, I every week I'm ranting about these people, so it's like it didn't change in 20 years. So, yeah, I was never big on fried chicken to go in there and argue and stuff. I'm like, who, whatever. But, but yeah, yeah, it it was a it was a time. It was a time. Oh yeah. All right. So uh, so here's what you thought we were doing tonight: the top ten. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I threw you for a bit of a loop. I hope when I told you we were doing the top 25, you didn't go, oh fuck, but. You know, these oh, are- I did. I was just like, yeah. holy shit. I looked at the clock and I'm like, all right, well, yeah. well, we're at the hour mark and we're hitting the 10. All right. No, I'm in. I'm with you. I'm down. Number 10, uh, the aforementioned Mike McWilliam talked about him with Jason Simon. Uh, Mac played three seasons in the IHL, uh, turned a cup champion, two out of the three, uh, with one with Denver. Then they moved to Utah. They repeated as cup champs and uh, finished his IHL tenure at Phoenix before heading over to terrorize. Uh, the UK league, uh, 112 games, 39 points. I want to bring that up and, uh, 704 penalty minutes in 112 games. And, uh, unfortunately his, uh, his fight totals are not available, but, uh, you know, I think if, if people know, know me, they know that I, I'm good friends with Mac and I love him. And I'm really glad that, uh, he got his opportunity to play some games here on the Island. And, uh, you know, just going back, like there's enough footage of him out there, you know, even pre UK, uh, the stuff with St. John's, I, I think, um, was it Tony that did that old New West tape also, some New West yeah. stuff on him. So, um, you know, a guy, I think anyone that respects these guys, you're happy for a guy like a Mike McWilliam when you look at his career and, and the wars that he had in the minors, and then you get some games in the show. So um, I could say if you want to know more about Mike McWilliam, I think we both had him on our show. So there's plenty of uh, plenty of content out there if people want to hear from the man himself. Absolutely. Great guest. And, uh, yeah, big dude, tough dude, and, uh, told some great stories. And I, he's a hero in the UK, man. They love him over there. And, um, yeah, that, um, I know the UK folks are really, really happy for those interviews for sure. And, uh, yeah, I can't add much more than that. He was, uh, yeah. he's, he's a bad dude, man. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and I think I think I'd have him higher had he played more in the IHL. Yeah. Um, I certainly think there are guys that I have ranked higher that I think I think Mac is tougher than. Um, but it's hard to put him ahead of them when he he played three seasons and some of these guys played more, twice as much. But um, I think you know him and McLaren especially. That's why they're you know Max ten, McLaren's eleven. I think had they played more years in the IHL. Uh, they would definitely be higher on the list. So, uh, oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But again, you know, I think, and and I think to, for Mac, I think um, he was the guy that sort of, I think he replaced Mike Ware in in the UK, and then it kind of opened the floodgates. And teams realized they needed a deterrent to kind of counteract Mike McWilliam. And I think, uh, I think the the British guys, the British fans, would have to um, uh, validate that story. But I think that's really what happened. They Cardiff brought Mike McWilliam over. And I think he terrorized the league for a season, and other teams realized they needed a deterrent for him. So, uh, and he, he's a good guy, and uh, I'm happy for any success that uh, that he has going forward. But uh, I love Mike McWilliams. So, um, number nine, who I think was on that, that definitely on the top ten list, Andy Bezo. Yeah. Uh, 18th all time in IHL penalty minutes, 1,728. Another guy, Fort Wayne Comets. Like I said, all these guys went through Fort Wayne. Um, actually started with Phoenix uh, his first year in the league. He played six games with Phoenix, 23 penalty minutes, uh, one fight. Then later that year, played three games with Fort Wayne, 26, 26 penalty minutes, four fights. Uh, and then then Bezo was just, he exploded um, in the IHL at 95-96 season with 590 penalty minutes. Still had time to put up 21 points, but... Um, 40 fights, according to Drop Your Gloves. And um, I, I know I brought it up in my interview with Phil DiGitano, who at the time was the coach and GM of the Long Island Jaw, uh, Jaws of the Roller Hockey League, RHI, the team we had here for a season. Um, Andy Bezo was the number one draft pick in that league that year by Phil. Phil picked Andy Bezo number one coming off that 590 penalty minute season. Um, unfortunately, Andy never played here. I don't know if he ever played in the RHI, but... Um, he didn't play here that year. We had enough toughness on the team, but it would have been pretty cool to have Andy Bezo coming off of that 590 PIM season uh, playing here on Long Island in, in the Roller Hockey League. But um, next year after that season, uh, dropped to 45 games, only 320 penalty minutes. Uh, and then I think the second half of uh, the 90s, he finished it up with the Vipers, uh, seasons of 309 minutes, 308 minutes, and then uh, – only racked up 148 minutes that last season, but uh, that was in 19 games. So, so he never lo- he never lost the fire. And Bezos is one of the, like I said, one of those guys where he'll drop the gloves, he'll fight you, uh, but he'll also cross check in the mouth. So I think he was uh, another. You know, I think with the, ex- the way the I- IHL sort of exploded, um, especially like I said with with the lockout and these teams now they're on they're on TV a lot more. You needed guys that people wanted to come and see. And I think he, that's when you saw guys like Ramsey and Bezo and Mel. They're coming up from from the Colonial League and stuff. So I think it was uh, it was good for all of us that liked fighting, especially. And the better part was that these games ended up being on TV. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, oh, Bezo was just a buzzsaw and just crazy and would run everybody and yeah, just yeah, he's one of those guys that just played in fifth gear all the time and just mm. would run you from the half the length of the ice and didn't care and. You know, goes over to the UK and starting bench brawls and just, yeah. I mean, yeah, he was nuts, man. And you know, and another guy success after hockey, he's gone on to be a firefighter. And uh, <laughs> you know, and I know his, I think his kids 
fighting in the OHL now, I think. And, uh, I think his kid's playing somewhere in the OHL or did he turn pro now? He was playing in the OHL, I know that. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, another one of those guys, right? He was, uh, yeah, you played those old mixed IHL tapes. He was just all over them. They're everywhere. It was just like, holy shit. And he was kind of just, you know, I mean, you know, his fights weren't technical masterpieces by any means. He'd just get in there and swing and go down and stand up and swing and kind of this like, he's like this 5'8 Terry O'Reilly type fighting just up and down and whatever, but wild swings and, but he took on everybody and was fearless and he was worth the price of admission. And that's what they were looking for when they, you know, the Vipers put the team there and it's like, he's the perfect, I don't want to say mascot in a derogatory way, but it's like, yeah, you put him on the ice for a shift to start the game and, and which Ludzik did. I know Ludzik was a big fan of his and yeah, run around man and go crazy. And he did. And he was a hero in Detroit. And yeah, I'm down with Bezo. He's cool, man. Uh, number eight, another, a guy that may fly under the radar. I know he wasn't on that top 10 list. Uh, I maybe, uh, I don't know. I love him. I loved him from his time in the American league. And that's Mark LaBelle. Um, Mark LaBelle was a tag team partner of Marcinition for a bit. And, uh, I got Mark LaBelle played six seasons, 293 games, 23 goals, 30 assists. So he's got 53 points in 293 games, 790 PIMS. Uh, fight total is unavailable. Uh, but he had, uh, in the decade, he had four seasons with Cincinnati, uh, two seasons with Milwaukee. Um, well, he split a season with Milwaukee and Michigan. Um, but, you know, big, big penalty minute season was 218. He never had the huge penalty minute numbers in the IHL, but they were always very consistent. He was always around 150 to, you know, 225 or so. Uh, but, uh, you know, he had the uh, start in the um, in the Sherbrooke. If you go to those Sherbrooke tapes, uh, he was on those tapes. And um, and I think, I don't know if he was there in Fredericton. And they may, uh, he may have moved on from Fredericton. But, um, no, I guess it was Fredericton when he fought uh, Marcinician. I think it was with Utica. So, um, but, yeah, I, I love Mark LaBelle. I've been a big fan of his for a long time. And uh, some people may say I have him rated too high here. It's not the first time I've heard that. But uh, but I'll take my chances with this guy. And I will say, check out his Facebook page. I don't exactly know what he does for a living now. But whatever he does, it has something to do with He's always got, like, like, fucking trees in his truck. And he's killing coyotes and stuff like that. Like, I don't exactly know what it is he does. But he's got one of the more interesting Facebook pages out there. So that's something for you folks to go look for. Look at that. Joe's doing the deep dive. He's even looking online. He's social media with these guys. Like, there. See, this is why you bring... These are the type of people I bring on the show. We're not just throwing names around. We got some... There's some validity behind this stuff. And with Mark LaBelle, I didn't realize that he played nine games in the NHL either. But... Yeah. There you go. Dallas. And... uh, That was Scott with... It was it was good. I think uh, I forget. He had one or two. I forget. He had a couple of fights. I think whatever. But uh, but yeah. Just and I was fortunate enough uh, on a trip to Kansas City once to go visit Dean Yu, and I, I was uh, he had actually fought Dean in that game. And uh, after the game, I got to meet uh, meet Mark uh, also, and he was a good guy and everything. So uh, I have a picture somewhere. With, I think I had stupid hair at the time, but uh, but oh. good guy. Yeah, I know. I know it's hard to believe, but uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I love Mark Rebell. I'm, I'm happy to put him in my top ten. There we go. All mm-hmm. right. 
All right, number seven, the 19th all-time penalty minute king in the IHL. I imagine he's a Kansas City Blade legend, and that's Dodie Wood. We got Dodie Wood, number seven, uh, 273 games, 40 goals, 81 assists, 121 points. So he had 1695 uh, penalty minutes career. Uh, 1484 of those were in uh, in the decade of the 90s. And again, I, there's no way this fight. This can't be right. 100, well, 114 fights. Maybe that's that's right. They got him with uh, a 25-fight season, a 19-fight season, a 21-fight season. And, you know, the guy doesn't slow down. 99-2,000, you know, 41 points. He's putting up 341 penalty minutes and 29 fights. So I, I think Doty is, uh, again, like I talked about with Ramsey in Grand Rapids, I think Doty, and obviously Kansas City was around a lot longer than Grand Rapids, but... Uh, a lot of tough players went through Kansas City and, and good players. You know, they were the Sharks affiliate for a while. Uh, Dodie Wood might be the most popular player that ever played for that franchise. And I know you're a big fan. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I think he definitely is the most popular player. Yeah. Yeah, just one of those, you know, I think because everybody, I think a lot of people, you know, you always cheer for the underdog, right? And he was so small and uh, but he's taking on all these huge guys and he's doing the duck under the arm thing. Like I said, yeah. Yeah, that's a technique I had never seen before that, and uh, he certainly perfected it. I know guys have gone on to, but he was, unless I'm missing something, he was the first guy I ever saw do that. And, uh, yeah, he was a technician, and uh, but would go wide open, and he had some he had some great fights in the NHL, too. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Dodie Wood was a bad dude, man. I'm down with Dodie Wood. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you're okay with it being number seven. So uh, so that's where he lands on my list. There so. we go. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. He's got to be in there for sure. Uh, yeah. I would definitely have Dodie Wood in my top ten for sure. Yeah. So uh, so we go from a Kansas City Blades legend to the Fort Wayne Comets legend Steve Fletcher, and I, I know he was in that top ten. The list you had. Yeah. Um, you know, we're talking about. I actually should have taken note how many of these guys went through Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne. Yeah. Um, Whoever, whoever was in charge, you know, the GMs of Fort Wayne, they they knew Fort Wayne, Indiana, you're going to have to have some tough players that play there. And, and Fletcher, from, I mean, I have him 90-91 to 95-96, played in Fort Wayne. Again, most of 1995-96 he spent in Atlanta. Um, but Fort Wayne always had tough players. And, you know, like talk about Bezo, Kevin McDonald, um, Cronin played there for a bit. Um, they always had tough players, and Fletcher is, uh, I think his number's retired there, if I'm not mistaken. It is, yep. Uh, yeah, so he got uh, six seasons in the IHL that in the 90s, 293 games, 53 points, 1,576 penalty minutes, and this annoyed me because I would have loved to see his fight card, but I didn't, I was not able to see his fight card, but as far as penalty minutes, he's got a 320-minute season, a 337-minute season. He's got a 289-277. And Fletcher is, I mean, as far as IHL fight cards would would go, because he played in the first half of the decade into over the second half of the decade, I can't imagine, if I had a gun to my head, I'd say Steve Fletcher probably would have the best IHL fight card based on the years he played, it would have to be him. So, But yeah. I can't prove it because it's not on the way back machine. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, and, I mean, legend, like you said, number retired. Um, I know he's still in the area. Um, yeah, he's a legend of Fort Wayne. Yeah, Fort Wayne, man, they 
their GM got it. That's for sure. Yeah. He, the, he understood, <laughs> and uh, they always had the guys. And uh, oh, from everything, the way they promoted it to their even their hockey cards, their hockey mm-hmm. card sets. The first card was right. always penalty minute leaders, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just it, they were always focused on that. And uh, yeah, man, like you said, I, that's a show right there. There's an episode, the Fort Wayne Comets alumni episode. We could do that. I mean, holy, you know. And uh, but yeah, and he's he'd be right up there. And, uh, yeah, like I said, big dude, fought everyone. And, uh, yeah, there's much more to say about Fletcher, man. He's a badass dude. Yeah, got and got some games in the show. Yep. Much famous uh, split screen with him uh, him and uh, Jay, uh, John Cordick fighting Jay Miller. And was it Byers? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that's I think that's on everyone's first or second fight tape that they ever got. So uh, That's true. But yep. Fletcher, is, he's, he's uh, the real deal. So number five is the second-ranked all-time IHL penalty minute king, uh, Rick Hayward. 2,712 penalty minutes, 1,727 of those came in the 90s. Uh, This number seems low, 59 fights. uh, I would imagine that's not accurate. Um, I mean, the seasons he puts up in penalty minutes is just stupid, like 369 minutes with Phoenix in 90-91. Then he did a stint with the Islanders in Capital District here. Goes back to the IHL, 302 minutes, 269 minutes, uh, back-to-back seasons of 244 minutes. I mean, it just – and Hayward is a guy, again, I, I think he – I put his fighting skill above certain guys, but he's another guy that played on the edge and wouldn't – it wasn't above giving you the, you know, the butt end or cross-checking you this and that. I, I think he I think he enjoyed that. So uh, so definitely Hayward was a guy you had to watch out for on all parts. And another guy who played in Quebec that 97-98. Uh, so uh, um, had a good run with Cleveland. Uh, you know, played the one year in Cincy. And I think uh, – I'm guessing he probably did a lot of damage against Cleveland. They signed him the next year, and then he ended up uh, having a nice four-year run with them. So, uh, so that's my number five, Ricky Hayward. I think I think he was on a podcast, wasn't he? He was on a podcast. Uh, it's sort of a um, a lower rung fighter podcast, but uh, but yeah, he was unbelievable, great guest, and uh, yeah, he was. You know, what'd you say? Yeah, he was. He was a good guest. Yeah, yeah, and and I had met I had met Rick. Uh, you know, I always say like there was a if you go back if you're if you're old enough to remember the 49ers when they were in their heyday, they always had the Bill Walsh coaching tree and it started with bill walsh and it kind of branched out to where all the coaches were and if you go to my podcast and you look at the list of guests it would kind of like be like the dean ewan tree and who did i meet through dean ewan and it just kind of branched out and and rick was one of those guys uh that i met i met through my friendship with dean in capital district and it was great to reconnect with him and he's such a good guy and uh living in ottawa right now uh I think it might have been within the last year became a grandfather and uh, just a good guy. We still keep in touch and uh, a fun guy to watch videos of. I can, I can promise you that. Yes, he was. So I mm-hmm. encourage anybody listening to go check out Joe's interview with him. It was a very good interview. Told some great stories and uh, yeah, when listening to the interview, went down the rabbit hole on YouTube and uh, yeah, man, one of them salty old bastards, he would uh, he'd back there swinging. And like you said, and did it for a long time and consistently. So I'm down. Yep, absolutely. Well, we're we're getting into the what are we at number four here, Joe? Right. Number four, another uh, another former guest, uh, Kerry Clark, uh, kid brother of uh, Wendell and Don. 
uh, 15th all-time in IHL penalty minutes, 1,884. Um, 1,610 of those came in the decade of the 90s. He started out, you know, uh, I missed his first year with Salt Lake. I think that's the difference in penalty minutes there, um, 89-90. I didn't count that. But uh, he played on some real tough Salt Lake City teams. It was him. Uh, uh, Paul Cruz was there. Rich Turnamaz was there. I think Darren Banks was there for a bit. And I think uh, – Towards his end, the end of his Salt Lake run, I think, is when Sandy McCarthy came in. Uh, they may have not overlapped. I know Cruz and McCarthy overlapped in, in um, Salt Lake and then obviously later in Calgary. But uh, Kerry might have played with Sandy, too. Um, 372 minutes, 266, 255. Kerry's always good. Sharky. And this doesn't even count the run he had in Portland. Uh, when they won the Calder Cup with Barry Trotz as the coach and uh, and Kevin Kaminsky, him and uh, him and Sharky played on the line together. Uh, so according to uh, Drop the Gloves, he had uh, 382 games in the decade of the 90s, 137 fights. And um, Sharky was a guy, you know, not the most technical guy, but good luck putting him away in a fight. And uh, Sharky was part of that rookie game that I'm still trying to find a tape of uh, from uh, the Islander Ranger famous rookie game that I, I – post about every every now and then on social media uh he fought another old western league guy donnie herxeg and uh but uh you know sharky was great he did the everybody uh that has ever seen him play they know the moonwalk he does the moonwalk followed by the three amigos so um everywhere he goes he, there are several fights that have been started with that celebration and uh you know definitely i think you have that on your youtube channel don't you yeah 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 yeah, oh yeah, I remember him doing it while he did it in Saskatoon. And, of course, we were like 10, 11 years old when he was doing it. We just thought it was the greatest. But, yeah, it led to a few line brawls. And, uh, yeah, man, it got consistent and solid player, too. You know, 14 goals yeah. and stuff. And, I mean, like you said, uh, just a real solid fighter. Um, again, fight cards tremendous and, and did it. And never took a year off. Like, it was yeah. every every year. He was consistent, and uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm down with Kerry Clark. He went from them tough Saskatoon teams to yeah, him and the even Christie and Kaminsky always seemed to find each other too when they were playing, and uh, and uh, yeah, that Salt Lake team you're talking about, he did play with Sandy that year. Yeah. Alec Nikolak was on that team along with Todd yeah. Gillingham. Mm-hmm. It's a tough yeah. team, yeah. At Salt Lake, yeah, those, was, those teams were pretty crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. And him and so him, Christie came into Portland. So they played together in, in Saskatoon. Then Christie came into Portland the year after they won the Calder Cup. And that's when uh, him, Killer, Christie, and uh, and Sharky played on the line together was the, the following year that they won the Cup. Um, my favorite Kerry Clark story, and I've heard this, it's been verified by a bunch of guys that played in that rookie game, the one that I was talking about, which had like nine or ten fights in the first period. Um you have to picture the Islanders would always draft guys from the West and the Rangers had a bunch of guys from the West. This was a, you know, pre-rookie Rudy Poshek, Mark Tenorti still on the team and talk about that uh, moonwalk celebration. Well, it's a rookie game. Clark scores. He does the moonwalk, you know, follows it up with the three amigos and all the Islander guys said they looked over at the Rangers bench and all the Rangers are passing a jar of Vaseline around to each other and they're greasing up their faces, ready Cause they all knew what was going to happen. So, uh, so that is, uh, I remember Dean Ewan going, going, yeah, I'm looking over and there's Rudy Poshek greasing up his face. We knew what was coming. You know, Vakoda said the same thing. And, uh, that was, uh, not that those fights weren't going to happen, 
But uh, I think the Kerry Clark Moonwalk uh, Three Amigos celebration sort of expedited those uh, those battles. So yes, uh, I think I th- it... that so tremendous. Yep. All right, top three. Here we go. Mel Engelstad. Uh, for you know, and again, I'll, I'll do it. What you always say, I don't. I can't sell you on Mel Engelstad. I don't need to sell you on Mel Engelstad, but. I will say he's 55th all-time in IHL penalty minutes, four seasons in the 90s, um, 182 games, 19 points, 934 penalty minutes in 182 games. And this might be an accurate total, 85 fights in 182 games. It was a 30-fight year in Orlando, followed by a 40-fight year in Michigan, and then his 99-2000 year in Michigan. They have him listed at 10. But I don't know. I mean, he had 144 pims, so that could be relatively accurate. But, I mean, obviously, you know, everybody's seen the Hordachuk-Anglestad fight. Um, you know, and, and Mel's another guy. Got those couple of games, one or two games, I think, with Washington. Uh, war number 69. <laughs> so, uh, you know, good on him. And I think he's another guy that is a firefighter now, no? Yes, he is. Fort McMurray. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Mel. You know, he's a lot of these guys near the top played, you know, five, six, seven seasons. Mel basically played, uh, he, he played four, he played four, but really it, it's three. Uh, cause that first season he, oh, I shouldn't say that. You know, he played five games that first year. He did manage to have four fights. So, you know, he, he definitely earned his money there. So, uh, so good on him. But yeah, I got Mel at number three. Well, the fun, funny, I'll never forget the one game against Detroit. He fights three times. And then he's sitting in the penalty box after the third fight, and the ref comes over, and he's like, okay, that's three, you're out. And Mel's arguing with him that he has one more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, you can hear him right of the thing. I got one more. And the announcers are laughing. They're like, no, man, that's – and they're counting it. No, no, that's three. And he fought yeah. Craighead Crow, and I can't remember who the other one was, but it was just like, no, they're like, get out of the box, man. You're done. Like, and But Mel's just arguing that he has – I got one more, you know, and it was like, and I think that was kind of one of my really early exposures to Anglestad. And I'm like, who is this guy? And I'm like, yeah. and he's already like my favorite and he's from Saskatoon. How can I go wrong? And, um, yeah, and I've, I've, over the years I've had the opportunity to, you know, hang out with Mel and talk with him and stuff. And, uh, you know, not that we're besties or anything, but I have spent time talking to Mel Anglestad and, mm. um, had a few beers with him and good dude, man. Uh, has some good stories, and uh, I was happy to see him get some time in the NHL. You know, it was two games, but he got his yeah. name in the record book, so uh, he made it. So it was cool, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, what what more needs to be said about Mel Engelstad? If you're a fight right. fan, I, how do you not like him? He's one of those guys that it's like if you're a hockey fight fan, you like you like him. There's yeah. no wide open, and there's never wrestling, and it was you know, kill or be killed and, you know, yeah, the fights with Hordachuk and, oh, ridiculous. He has tons of great fights and, uh, yeah, Mel was a bad dude, man. Yeah, we were we were fortunate with uh, the Sunshine Network that they played so many of the Solar Bears games. Like we, you know, saw, you know, Mike Hartman played there for a bit, you know, Buchanan played there and guys on the list like Kerry Clark and um, Mel and my number two here, Barry Dreger. Uh, played in Orlando, had a nice uh, five-year run there. You know, he started out uh, in the East Coast League, uh, had a short, very short stint with the Capital District Islanders, um, and then found his way to San Diego, uh, 93, 94, 94, 95, 
Um, and that, uh, yet they was on a pretty tough San Diego team out there. Um, and then I think he really found his niche with Orlando 95, 96 through 99, 2000, um, 314 pims, 387 pims, 385 pims, um, you know, 57 pims one year. And he only played eight games, uh, then came back strong, 75 games, 263 penalty minutes, uh, 424 games in the nineties. Uh, you know, 79 points. It's amazing when you look at these guys. And that was cool because, you know, Kurt Fraser's a coach for a lot of that. He appreciates the guys. It's always good when you have a coach who did the job that actually appreciates the guys who did the job because there are a few coaches out there that did it that they treat the enforcers like shit. So it's always good when you have a guy like Kurt Fraser that gives these guys a chance to play. So Dreger spending 1,789 minutes in penalties in the box in the 90s, still at a time they rack up almost 80 points. And um, this could be accurate. Uh, in the decade of the 90s, they have him at 160 fights. So I think, was he number one on the list that, that you gave, or was he number two? No, he was one. Yeah, he, okay. was, he was one and Hayward was two. But, okay. uh, yeah, no, I could. I was completely down with Dreger being one. I was like, I didn't realize he had played that much. Barry was obviously very smart, too. He liked to play on the beach. Uh, so yeah. he, he picked the right <laughs> teams for sure. I mean, if you're, yeah, really. you know, San Diego and Orlando for, for seven seasons, Barry had the right idea. But, uh, yeah, man, old Western guy came out of Brandon, you know, played with the Odgers and those guys. And, um, yeah, played a couple, you know, season there with Manitoba at the, in the university and then figured I'll turn pro and give this a shot. And uh, made, the you know, a couple big years in Columbus in the East Coast League and then off to the IHL. And uh, he made the most of it for sure. I'm bound. And there's another guy who would fight wide open, left-handed, and yeah. he had he had some slugfest, man. And his fight card is ridiculous. And I mean, he took on everybody and uh, and was consistent, like you said, consistent every year. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of Barry Draggers. That's what happens when you play in Columbus. You're like, it's kind of gets cold, uh, kind of cold here in the winters. Uh, what? Oh, San Diego wants to sign me. Cool. Oh, there's a new team in Orlando. I'll go play for them. Okay, so you you avoid the winners for a little bit. But yeah. actually, uh, I think he's living in Jersey now, if I'm not mistaken. I got a you know I had him on the show, really good guest, uh, and I think he's in, in I forget where now in New Jersey, but uh, yeah, no, he was uh, he was great, and another guy in the Dean Ewan pipeline. So uh, you spend all that time on the beach, and then you go to New Jersey. I mean, you know, in your retirement, <laughs> Barry, you're going the wrong way. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it have it might have something to do with his wife. I think uh, she might. So it's so, always it always comes down to chasing the women. It always does. Right. Yeah, uh, we're all guilty of it, I guess. Right? Yes, we are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, well, I mean, we, I mean, I know who number. One, come on now. I was going to say it brings us to the anticlimactic number one. I make no apologies for this. If people want to say I'm predictable, that's fine. Uh, my number one, of course, is Dean Ewan. Uh, yeah, Dean Ewan. You may have heard of him. I may have talked about him a little bit. Um, six you, seasons in the you IHL. Should, you should get him on your show. I tried. He just he has no interest. Actually, I, I will tell you this. I don't know if people are aware of this. Um, my interview, so Dean was the first guy. Well, let's, let's talk about this first, and then I'll throw this little nugget in there after. So Dean played six seasons in the IHL. Uh, 254 games, uh, 38 points uh, in 254 games, 996 penalty minutes, 
uh, and they have it at 75 fights, but I don't think that's accurate. I think he had a little more than that. Um, Dean Ewan uh, is basically my brother. Uh, I love the man. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's my older brother. He's a little older than me. But um, I've known him for a very long time. Part of the reason why I've been able to meet as many of the guys that I have is because of him. And um, he's definitely the most modest person uh, as far as what he's accomplished. If you met Dean Ewan, uh, if you didn't bring up the fact that he played hockey, you would never know. Uh, it was a job to him. He did the job. He did it to feed his family. Um, and I get on him about it all the time because I'm not saying you should go around saying I did this, I did that. But, you know, post hockey, worked in construction and there were guys that came up to him and said, I didn't know you played hockey. My kid found you on YouTube and stuff like that. He had no, people had no idea. And even, you know, he did a lot of coaching in youth hockey in Missouri. And, uh, the, the kids would come up to him and say, I Googled you last night. I found this fight of yours where you fought a guy in the penalty box in the Western league and, and just crazy. Or you, know, you went to the bench in new Haven. It, it's just you're crazy stuff. But, um, so Dean was my first guest on my show. There was never going to be a, a, another first guest. And it was a two-parter. And at the end of the, of the uh, second, uh, second part, um, I asked Dean about the unfortunate passing of his brother, Todd. And he did not have very kind words for Gary Bettman and for Todd's widow. It's, uh, it's something you can go back and listen to. Um, that interview actually ended up in court documents because um, of the stuff that he said he had to, um, or he was supposed to testify uh, because this was back when Todd's uh, widow had a lawsuit against the NHL. So this the part two of my interview with him actually is officially in court documents. So, yeah, so that I don't know how many other podcast interviews are in court documents, but part two of my chat with Dean Ewan is officially uh, in the U.S. courts. I think some I don't know if it's Missouri or California, but uh, but yeah, so that's a nice little little uh, did you know fact mm -hmm. there. Coliseum Chronicles is, is actually in a court document. Well, there you go. I think that mud show out in North Carolina, he, somebody should take him to court for his show. But well, uh, that's a whole know, other story. <laughs> yeah, well, they, I mean, if anything, it would just be for the lack of shows. That's true. Or infrequency. Yeah, yeah he, he'd failure to but, appear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, listen, anybody, anybody who knows me has known me over time. I, I mean, it's not... Listen, and I believe this. This is not me being friends with someone and putting him at number one. The fact is... Um, in my opinion, if you put him at center ice against anybody on this list or any anybody, I will take my chances with him. Um, you know, he's it, he's a guy that started out predominantly as a right-handed fighter, had uh, broken his wrist with the Islanders. Uh, his wrist was never the same, and then uh, learned how to fight left-handed. And and you'll notice in a lot of his fights, um, starts left-handed. It's not that he he you know so he can go with both hands. And, uh, you know, he had to adapt to it. Uh, he's a guy that battled a lot, of, a lot of injuries. And this is just, like, in my basement right now, you know, people that know I collect stuff, it's just funny. 
He's got the old Cooper shoulder pads, like the ones that Rob Rob Ray that Rob Ray used to wear that would come off easy. So these old, they look like paper, like there's nothing to them. And there was a season with the Islanders where Dean actually broke his back. So what did they do? They took like this strip, this black strip of nothing, and they sewed it to the back of the sh- no, that's tied with laces to the back of the shoulder pads that I guess was supposed to protect his spine. But he would say as he's skating, it's flip-flopping all over the place. Like, it's just, you know, where where medicine and equipment has come over the years. It just makes me laugh every time I look at those. So, uh, but, you know, like I said, as far as the, the guys on this list, um, you know, I, 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 I did, I took my time doing this list. So uh, people could think I'm crazy. That's fine. But at, at the end of the day, and I respect everybody on this list, um, I'm going number one was Dean Ewan. You know, everybody knew that's where where we were headed, you know, yeah. you know, but no, I mean, I, I, we joke, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I would put him up against anybody. Um, yeah. He fought great fight card, fought everybody seldom had, you know, his winning percentage was, uh, you know, a lot more W's and L's for sure. And, uh, you know, it's a shame with his injuries that he battled. It would have been great to see a, a healthy Dean Ewan. Yeah. But uh, that would have been actually scary when you think about it. Um, mm-hmm. You just think about the success he had with all the injuries that he had, that he had to deal with. And he was yeah. still successful, right? So, um, yeah, but just in general, overall, I mean, with that list, it's like we said at the start of the show, right? It's like, there's no right or wrong answer to any of this. It's like, I mean, you could flip-flop all these guys if you wanted to, and it still wouldn't be like, oh, some ridiculous list. It's like, yeah, and like, you could still add names. You know, yeah. like, you know, like, like Morissette and all those guys. And like I said, the Robert brothers and stuff. And I mean, you know, just depending on your criteria. Right. So, you know, but oh, I, I, I think at the end of the day, it just sort of emphasizes how great the IHL was. Yeah. And, and it's like, and I miss the IHL and it was like, and it was a really cool because you had the American league, you know, but the IHL seemed to be, I always kind of thought if I was, I'd want to play in the IHL, man. No buses. You're flying. You're going to major cities. I mean, I think you got paid better. I mean, I mean, I guess it would depend on your contract, but I think like the IHL was a great league. And I know, I remember Engelstad was pissed when it folded. I know that because yeah. now, because at the time you had a lot of guys scrambling, you know, in the AHL, there's only so many teams, you know, and yeah. it's like a prospect league and there's like the veteran rule and all that horse shit. So it was like, you know, there was guys that were, you know, scared. And it was, and it, when the IHL folded, that was a lot, that was a lot of good paying jobs gone. Yeah. And it was a really good hockey league that was gone. I mean, we talked obviously about the toughness, but you know, Rob Brown and Maltese and all those guys that played, there was great players in that league too. It was a great hockey. And, um, you know, it sucked with the I was choked when the IHL folded, but, um, it was, man, was it, like you said, you go back and you look at these names, man, it was, uh, I mean, I was always an IHL guy, but when I kind of did the list, or you did the list, and just kind of looking into it here in the last couple of weeks, it's like, yeah, shit, you forgot how tough this league was and the guys that went through it. I yeah, it. I'm, uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt you there. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I did 25. I had to whittle the 25 down from 43. Yeah. Like, I, I knew I was doing a top 10, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, fuck, I have all these guys. Like, you, you said Marset, I had Marset there. Uh, a guy like Dave Mackey, um, yep. Richard Black spent time there. Here's a guy. Here's a guy now that played a ton of ton of games in the '90s in the IHL. Now, 
Was he a great fighter? Absolutely not. But look up Larry De Palma. Larry oh. De Palma played a ton of games in the IHL there. I, and, you know, a guy that played some games with the North Stars and, and the Sharks, I think. But that's another guy that had a ton of games. And, and, and just the names that were there. And, and like you say, it was a real option for guys who maybe had realized the NHL dream wasn't going to happen. And, that, you know, they had played four or five years in the American League. They got tired of riding buses. Maybe they're getting older, they're married now, maybe starting to have kids. And now all of a sudden, the rest of the country and parts of Canada now are wide open to them. It's not the NHL dream anymore, but now you got a pretty good paycheck playing in some big league cities, flying, not riding the buses. And it became a real viable option for a lot of these guys. And that's when I talk about a guy like McLaren and, and Lapuma and those guys, those guys were in the IHL when a lot of these guys had already done their time uh, sort of, um, uh, you know, promoting themselves in a way in the American League. They had already built their reputations, where McLaren now had to do that in the IHL against these veterans. So it, it is a shame. Like, And for, for those people who didn't live through it, it was actually very cool for all the reasons you said, and, and it was definitely a legitimate option. You you probably had guys that were could have re-signed with the NHL but they were going to go to the American League and maybe play in a small city, ride in the bus, you know, these buses that they had just ridden in junior all those years. Or they can go and sign with Orlando or San Diego or Chicago or, or one of these bigger cities or like, the, you know, San Diego, Orlando, the warm weather stuff or Phoenix. Um, and it gave them an option and they could earn some real money and, and maybe support their families. So uh, it is a shame. It was It was a good time. And as I was doing this list, I'm like, man, this was – this was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, bringing up these names was was definitely a lot of fun. I appreciate you asking me to do it. Yeah, man, no, it was cool, and uh, I like I knew you were a fan of the league, and uh, and knew a lot of the guys, and well, hell, uh, for you doing your list here, it seemed like I think I said it on my episode. I was like, I think Joe had half these guys on this <laughs> damn show, you know. So it was, uh, yeah, I would. Um, I I mean, I've said it a million times, but I would love to do an IHL show, like get some old players on and, and tell some IHL stories. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm a big fan of the league. And I was, the other night I was playing my best, the IHL DVD. Sorry, folks. I know I said I would upload it. I will actually upload it as soon as I get off the phone with Joe here before I go to bed, I will upload the DVD and I'll put it up tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, best the IHL. I mean, yeah, and like you said, there's so many good uh, Mike Ruark. There's another guy, Matucci, all those guys. Like, yep. yeah, yeah, Ruark, Ruark was on my 43. Brian Chapman was on my 43. And yeah. you're going, you going team by team, and all right, yeah, I'll put him there. I'll put him there, and then it's like, you know, but again, you got to whittle it down. But like you said, Ruark, another name that was there. Brian Chapman, again, not a killer, but a guy that did it for a long time, and and another guy, Chapman, where. He played in the American League, then went to the IHL. Ruark, I think, played in the American – no, started out in the IHL, and then I think he went to college, and then he came back. I, I forget something like that with Ruark where there was a gap in his IHL career because I think he went to college, and then he came back and, and spent the time with, with uh, the Moose. So, um, But, yeah, like all the guys that you're naming that we didn't discuss – most of them were in my 43 and, and that's why we, I mean, it probably would have been easier to do a top 50, but it would have been a three part episode than to whittle, to add seven guys to make a 50 than to get rid of 18 guys to make it a top 25. 
Yeah, no, yeah. And like you said, and that just, again, that just speaks volume to the depth of how tough the league was. And yeah, yeah it was, uh, I, I tell you, we, uh, we saw some great stuff, Joe. That's why I said we, we might be old, but we, we saw the good stuff anyway. So uh, vintage and I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I wouldn't treat any of these kids nowadays. No chance. I completely agree a hundred percent, but, uh, yep. there you have it, folks. The, uh, the IHL through the eyes of Joe Lazito. And, uh, I want to, I want to thank you. I know it's super late there and, uh, I appreciate you taking the time and, uh, and, uh, always easy to get on. And, uh, we certainly will not be the last time you're on the show, but, uh, there we go, folks, Joe Lazito. And, uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, anytime, dude. I love it. Anytime. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 